Welcome to our sermon. I am Pastor Nathan Escarga, and I am sure that God will speak to you through his word today. Um, I want for you to turn with me to Haggai chapter 2 from verse 20 to 23. And just a, a few verses at the end of this very short book. And um, I'm going to read it to you. And then we'll, uh, I want to get into who we are before the Lord. And we need to recognize this, who we are before the Lord. And um, we need to recognize not just what the power of God in our lives, but the power of God through our life. And uh, so... We're going to, we'll look at a few things uh, in these uh, four verses uh, that end off this short book of a of, of word and words to the people um, that were living at that time. And the word, f as we end off this second chapter, is also for what is still to come. So it was... It was prophetic for what is still to come. So verse 20, from verse 20, Haggai 2, verse 20, says, and, and again, the word of the Lord came to Haggai on the 24th day of the month. And so uh, the word previous, so there was two words given that day. It was the ninth month, and there was a word given uh, that, that had to do with uh, things that need to be straightened out, but also the Lord was saying, I am blessing you. And so that was the first word that was given the same day, and then another word came, uh, and this is the, the, the second word, and that's why it says, again the word of the Lord came to Haggai on the 24th day of the month, and this being the nine, ninth month, saying, Speak to Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, saying, I will shake heaven and earth. I will overthrow the throne of kingdoms. I will destroy the strength of the Gentile kingdoms. I will overthrow the chariots and those who ride in them. The horses and their riders shall come down, everyone by the sword of his brother. In that day, says the Lord of hosts, I will take you, Zerubbabel, my servant, the son of Shealtiel, says the Lord, and will make you like a signet ring, for I have chosen you, says the Lord of hosts. So most of this we may understand, or we should say, okay, I got an idea of, I'm understanding the English. Uh, there might be a word just at the very end in this last verse. They say, what is a signet ring? What is a signet ring? And so I just want to give you um, what a signet ringing, ring is. And today uh, I just I want to title and title this as part of our Revive series. And that word, the Lord is speaking to us and he's spoken to us to come to life. We need to come to life and so, Lord, let there be life flowing in me and, and, and making me be all that I can be, that we would be all that we can be. And 
So today, I want you to grab a hold of this, these few verses because it is to us as well. Some of these things have not taken place, but will be coming, and there is already a shaking of heaven and earth. So a signet, signet ring. There are rings that uh, ancient kings, kings of that time, used signet rings to designate authority and to uh, honor and ownership and uh, to make decrees uh, and to put a stamp of an Im Im approval on things. So it was an actual ring that they would wear. So it was a ring that they had on their, their hand, and it was definitely, it was a thing of, of authority and power that was assigned because of who the ring belonged to. So the ring belonged to, would belong to the, the authority, the king. And so what they would do, or on that ring, was an emblem that was of the king. It was the emblem of the king on the ring. And so the king, uh, when it came to a decree that was given... When there was uh, something that what was to be done, there would be a, a, a wax that would be put on the paper or document or the parchment and whatever, and the ring would be put in and on that wax, and the people would know, oh, this is the seal of the king. This document this decree is, is of authority. We need to abide by it. So official documents would be sealed with this soft wax impressed with the king's signet. And usually, usually that ring would stay on his hand, would stay in his, on his finger. Today we have documents, oftentimes when you... Uh, like a, a, there's a marriage document or a marriage license, there is a seal on that license. And so it's embossed right into, um, uh, into the, the paper. Uh, if you ha want to have something uh, uh, authorized, notarized, there's the, a seal of a, of a person that has the authority to notarize because not everybody can notarize. So for myself, so many of you have, have come to me over the years, hey, pastor, I need somebody to sign this document or to basically give credence that who I am, I am who I, I say I am, and uh, to, to say yes, this person is who they say they are. I've known them, and they are who they say they are. And so there could be a checking up. Hey, is this person, is this, this information, is it, is it correct? Um, and so the, the authority, there's a, an authority given to certain people. Um, <clears throat> there are some examples. There's a few examples. 
uh, that we can look to uh, when it when it came to remember Daniel. There was a a decree that went out that everybody should, or that there would be no worship that goes up to any other god. And the decree went out because there was a group that was very, uh, they didn't like Daniel too much. And he was, he was of authority in Babylon and uh, had risen in ranking and in authority. So he was one of the top men in the Babylonian Empire under Nebuchadnezzar. So here was this situation and uh, the, there was a setup. Long story short, Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. And so they figured, like, I don't know about you, but to, to be in the same um, den, cage, whatever, as a lion, uh, especially, I'm sure they were kept a little bit on the hungry side. Um, how long would you last? Uh, and so they figured, we got Daniel, he's going to be killed. And Daniel spent the entire night in the den, and nothing happened to him. On the, uh, the mouth of the den, there was a stone. A stone was brought and laid across to cover uh, the, the entrance and exit. And uh, the king's seal was put on. So there was a seal with his own signet uh, was put on there to say, you do not remove the stone. It's been decreed. This is shut. You cannot move the stone. And it was stamped. There were, there was, it was embossed with the king's signet. We have... With the, the signet ring, there is this thing of, in Daniel's case, and with this stone of binding something. To, to, there's a, an authority there to bind. In uh, 1 Kings chapter 21, Jezebel, queen, the queen, and she was wicked. She was an evil uh, queen, took... King Ahab's signet ring and wrote letters in Ahab's name and sealed them with his seal. And basically, the people would have to do, because this was a, a decree that was stamped by the king's signet. And so they would have to obey. So there's things that are, are, are perhaps loosed, were loosed in this place. Uh, she had the authority, even though she, she was wicked and Ahab was not the king that he should be. But she had the authority because of the ring. And so she would write up the different decrees, stamp it with the, the, the king's signet ring. And so then things would come to pass. I just want to say this, how much more 
we, as his children, the sons and daughters of the Most High God, the authority that we have. It says here that he would, Zerubbabel, my servant, the son of Shealtiel, says the Lord, I will make you, and I will make you a, like a signet ring, for I have chosen you. The Lord has chosen us. Now I want, I want, we're, I'm going to expand a little bit on this. This is important. We need to know this today. The authority that we have. It's interesting, uh, Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel, his name means sown in Babylon. It's like, that's not a great name, Zerubbabel, sown in Babylon, basically born in Babylon. Zerubbabel was born in Babylon during the captivity. In fact, his grandfather was king and had, was taken to Babylon. So Zerubbabel would have been a young man, probably would have gone out in the, possibly in the first wave with the royalty and authority in 605 BC. So at this point in time, he would have been uh, around 536 is when they started, they came and uh, there was about 50,000 that were released to go back to uh, Jerusalem. And um, so they were there, and they one of the works that they were doing in Zerubbabel was part of that, um, along with Haggai and Ezra and Nehemiah. They're all at the same time. And so the first thing was that they were building this, the temple. We talked about that in the last few weeks about the very, one of the first things. What was one of the first things that, that was built? Uh, when they got back to Jerusalem. Even before the foundation. Sorry? It was the altar. The very first thing that was built was the altar. It's, of all things, it is the most important thing. Is the altar was the place where the sacrifice was laid and burnt. And so the altar in the Old Testament, represented the cross of Christ. Rep represents the cross of Christ. And the sacrifice on that cross is Jesus Christ representing and taking care of all the, the uh, things that all the different sacrifices uh, were, were for. There's five main sacrifices that the people would bring. And all of them were taken care of in Jesus Christ. So here is Zerubbabel, sown in Babylon, and the son, it says, Zerubbabel, my servant, the son of Shealtiel. And his father's name meant, I have asked of God. So here, because usually when you 
when Zerubbabel is being mentioned, it's, it always mentions the name of his father or the son, or oftentimes will mention the son of Shealtiel. And this aspect of probably his father saying, man, God, keep us during this captivity. It was already prophesied how long that they would be kept captive. And so th they were told they would be, they would be captives for 70 years. Like we're talking an entire generation pretty well. And usually, yeah, by the time you hit your 20s or 30s, there's another generation that comes. In 70 years, you could probably have about three generations in those 70 years of captivity. Who knows? Zerubbabel's father was probably saying, you know what, God, keep us that we would be able to make it back home, especially my son. Let my son make it back home, that he would be able to see Jerusalem again and be in Jerusalem. The amazing thing is, have we not also been taken out of Babylon? All of us, all of us, at one point, we're in captivity. We were in darkness. And the Lord has taken us out of darkness and he's put us into his marvelous light. It says in 1 Peter 2 verse 9, it says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. How many can say amen to that? Amen who once were not a people but are now the people of God, who have had not obtained mercy but now have obtained mercy. And so we were taken out of darkness into his marvelous light. And here this thing of being a servant, that our heart would be, you know what? I have been, I was dead. Now I'm alive. I was lost. Now I'm found that I would serve the Lord Jesus, that I would serve the God that saved me. What can I do, Lord? What can I do to serve you? He says, I will take you. In that day, says the Lord of hosts, I will take you, Zerubbabel, my servant. And he has taken us who was sown in Babylon, who was born in Babylon, and he's taking us out. He's taken us out of darkness. Lord, that I can serve you. There's a mention of son here. That we would recognize that we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. The moment you gave your life to the Lord, the moment you confessed your sins, the moment that you placed your faith in Jesus, the one that died for you, that was buried, he rose again. And you placed your faith there and you asked Jesus to come into your life. You were born of God. When we receive Christ into our life, we are born of God. So we go from not being his people to being his people, not being a child of God to being a child of God. We are children 
of the Most High God. We are sons and daughters before the Lord. He has chosen us. And he gives us. He gives us. The signet. Ring. He gives us the ring. And says. I give you authority. These things. The things that can be done in my name. I like what it says. In Revelation chapter 3, there's a few churches mentioned there. The last two being, one being the church of Philadelphia, and then the other, the last one being the church of the Laodiceans. And it's like, they've got, they think they've got it all together. And the Lord says, because you're not hot or cold, but because you're lukewarm, um, I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. I'm going to spew you out of my mouth because you're not hot or cold, but you're lukewarm. And so this church that we have that verse that oftentimes can be used for the fact that we're not in the right place with God, and they weren't. Jesus was not even a part or within their their. Their times of gathering. It says in Revelations 3.20, it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and dine with him, have relationship with him. There's the, the Lord was on the outside wanting to get in. But here's the amazing thing. It says those that repent, as there's a repentance that take, takes place in an allowance of Jesus Christ to be a part of their life, a very interesting promise is given to the Laodicean church. It says, um, I will have you sit on the throne with me. I want you to sit on the throne with me. The throne is a place where things are decreed and things are done. There is a, a judgments given. There's things that are put into place all from the throne. And the Lord is saying, I want for you to sit on the throne with me. And even that he would be, that you would know, I'm giving you authority. I'm giving you, I want you to be a signet ring. Zerubbabel. I'm giving you authority. I'm going to make you to be authority. I'm going to make you to be the one that gets things done. For 16 years, they had, they had started work on the temple, and then for 16 years it had already sat, and there were excuses being given, saying, now's not the time. It's not time to continue to build. This was the... The evaluation of the Lord God is, you're saying it's not time. And the Lord is saying, it is time. You sit in your paneled houses while the temple is in ruin. And the Lord is saying to Zerubbabel, there's, there's something that needs to be done, and I want to do it through you. You, I'm giving you authority. 
Today, I want you to know the authority that we have as children of God, sons and daughters of the Most High God. It says in Revelations 1, it talks about Jesus Christ, verse 5, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth. He's the ruler of all the kings of the earth. You say, why are things going on are so bad at this point in time? If he's ruling the earth. And even with where man is at, there is this, this period of grace. That grace is coming to an end. It is coming to an end. And this is what we have read in, in verse 22. It talks about the overthrowing. I, shall, I will shake the heavens or the heaven and earth. It talks about the different things. I will overthrow the throne of kingdoms. I will destroy the strength of Gentile kingdoms. And this is happening. It's already beginning to happen. But there is a day coming. We still live in this, this time of grace. The grace of God. This is judgment. I'm not pouring out judgment yet. So here, Jesus Christ, the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. He has made us kings and priests. We are kings and priests. As I read from 1 Peter uh, 2, uh, it, it's talking about we are a royal priesthood. He says, behold, he is coming with clouds and every eye will see him and, every, and even they who pierced him, the Jews, they will see him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him, even so, amen. Jesus, or the word is given at that point. Jesus is speaking. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. That's the God that we serve. That's the King that we are under. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is almighty. It's interesting, this signet ring. In uh, Genesis chapter 41, we have just a, a short uh, few verses here about Pharaoh, who was the, the king over Egypt. And he says to Joseph, and just whenever you have a chance, if you can, look if you have uh, the Hebrew or the Greek in your one of your uh, Bible apps. I love just checking out the meaning of some of the names. So Joseph, the first mention of, of, Joseph, of Joseph is this Joseph in the Bible. His name means Jehovah has added. Jehovah has added. That's what Joseph means. So it's, it's very appropriate in this 
verse 41. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, the one that Jehovah has added, See, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. It was God that worked out every instance. It was not Pharaoh. It was God Almighty that allowed for there to be a moving through even very extreme situations to be sold by his brothers. They went back to their father and, and uh, said, hey, uh, Joseph's dead. Here's his coat of many colors, and it's blood on it. They put blood on it. And Joseph was sold off into to slavery. His father thinks that he's dead. And um, he's bought and he, he's working for this, this man whose wife tries to seduce him. And when he resists her and says, I, basically, I'm not going to sin against God. I'm not going to sin against God by being seduced by you. And so she, he was thrown in prison, and not just for a short period of time, but for a long period, longer period of time. He was there for several years before he got out. But the Lord guided him through every stage because God is almighty. God is sovereign. And he says, so the Pharaoh says, see, I've, I've set you over all the land of Egypt. He was second in command. It says, then Pharaoh took his signet ring off of his hand and put it on Joseph's hand. And he clothed him in garments of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. And he had him ride in the second chariot, which he had. And they cried out before him, bow the knee. So he set him over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh also said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh, and without your consent, no man may lift his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. This is the power and the authority that was given to Joseph. And Pharaoh called Joseph's name Zaphnath paneah Once again, yes, I did check out. What does that even mean? Zaphnath paneah means treasury of the glorious rest. Talking about, man, life, life is good to have rest. And Joseph, it was like here, he's naming him after the fact that Joseph is going to bring a rest to the people. And, and if it wasn't for Joseph, there would have been, there were f seven good years. And he had, the, the Pharaoh had had a dream. And it was like, what does this dream mean? But it basically meant seven years of good and plenty and seven years of famine. And during the years of plenty, basically, all of the, uh, the people or the, the, there was a putting into the, the storehouses. And there were people coming from all over outside of Egypt because this famine was extensive, even where Abraham was. And so they came he, uh, Abra or the, the brothers of, of Joseph came back to get food, to get grain. The treasury of the glorious rest. And he gave him as a wife, Aseneth, the daughter of Potipharah, 
priest of On. On. So Joseph went out over all the land of Egypt. Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went throughout all the land of Egypt. 30 years of age. With authority. Listen, the king that we serve, the God that we serve, has way more authority than Pharaoh ever had, than any person of, of power, of rule. Our God is above them all, and we are his children. Listen, we are his children. You are sons and daughters of the Most High God. You have authority. The authority, the signet ring, is basically representing the authority. The ring has the authority. We have authority. In Matthew 16, it says, He said to them, Jesus, to his disciples, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will, shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And I, I've mentioned the, the order of this. The things are decreed. We can decree these things. Whatever you bind on earth, whatever you bind, whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. There is a work that needs to be done in these last days. Things that need to be decreed, things that need to be bound, things that need to be loosed. And we have the authority to do that, that we would do that Oftentimes we come or we're, we're, we're frightened by the things of situations we're going through or maybe things that would come against us, whether people, whether it's the enemy that comes against us. And we say, well, what, what are we going to do? What, what can I do? Recognize that who you are, you have authority to bind and to loose in Jesus' name. That you would use the authority that you have. We do not have to be in fear. Now, the amazing thing is, when it came to Zerubbabel, and he was governor, so he was governor, even though uh, his grandfather was king during the time when the Babylonians came in and took, they overcame uh, the southern kingdom of, of Judah and Benjamin. And uh, they took them captive. Here, King Jehoiakim was Zerubbabel's grandfather. And so here, there's a rest restoring of, of position, not to being a king, but at least a governor with a great responsibility. And the responsibility was rebuilding or building the, the temple that was totally destroyed. It was the place where they would meet. It was the place where God would meet with the people. And his task that was put on him for 16 years, there was nothing done because the people were saying, now's not the time. We're not doing it. 
And there was a, a discouragement. And here Zechariah is, is giving the word, or uh, Haggai is giving the word to Zerubbabel. This word, encourage him. There's a work, a very important work that needs to be done. There needs to be a rebuilding in Jerusalem. And even though he himself was of royal blood, Zerubbabel, his grandfather had lost his throne when he was deported to Babylon. And in fact, God pictured Jehoiakim as a signet ring removed from God's finger. So it's like, here, I'm taking this off. I'm taking off the signet ring. I'm taking, Jehoiakim, you did not do what you were supposed to do. I'm taking, I'm taking off the authority, whatever. And here Jehoiakim, King Jehoiakim, never went back. He died in Babylon. And there was not a restoring. But here his grandson now, his, his father, is, is saying, hey, God, I'm asking of you. Let there be a coming back to authority. And here, the, the ring that was taken off, God took off the signet ring. I'm taking you off from out, off my hand because of who you were. You were not a good king. You're take, being taken into captivity. But now there's a restoring on Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel, you will be my signet ring. You will be the one that will have authority. And so this prophecy that Haggai was given was one of encouragement and of hope and of restoration and chosen for a unique and noble purpose. And I want you to know, sometimes we, we say, God, but what about me? I'll tell you, each one of us, and I don't care your past, I don't care where you've come from and how dark it may have been, how nasty it may have been, but when you are called of the Lord, when you become a child of God, the Lord has noble purposes for you. That we would, Lord, let me fulfill what you have called me to be. It says we are his workmanship, Ephesians 2 verse 10. It says, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Each one of you has been made. You've been called by God. You responded to that call, that pull. You said, yes, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm giving myself over to you. And the Lord is saying, I have created you. You are my workmanship created for good things, for good works, things that we need to do, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. They were made before we, were even, we even existed. Before time began, God knew that you would exist. He says, this is what I have for Dave. This is what I have for Marva. This is what I have for Janine. And for each one of God is saying, this is what I have for you. Lord, let me fulfill the things that you would have me fulfill. I'm your signet ring. I'm, the Lord is giving me authority. The Lord is giving me purpose. The Lord is giving us 
things to do in these last days. I love what it says in Hebrews 13. This benediction, this closing of this book of Hebrews over the last number of years, especially the last few years, I've read that over and over again. And oftentimes, I will send it out if I'm texting or somebody needs encouragement or whatever. This benediction, I oftentimes send. It says, now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus Christ from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will. He's saying, I've chosen you. You are, be my servant. And recognize you are my son. You are my daughter. And do the things that I have called and created for you to accomplish and to do. And he wants to make us complete in every good work to do his will, working in us what is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Saying, let it be done. Let it make it so. Amen. Is let it be done. Make it so. So be it. And so as God's signet ring, Zerubbabel is given a place of honor and authority. And God is reinstating the Davidic line. He was in the line. If you go through, you will see that Zerubbabel is in the genealogy right from Abraham. It goes through David. And it continues on, continues on to Zerubbabel, and it goes right to Jesus Christ. And so there's a restoring of this Davidic line and the renewing of his covenant with David. And so there's this looking forward because some of this stuff has not happened yet. And we recognize that if you read this and you read the verses before, you recognize, well, Zerubbabel didn't see this come to pass. He never became king. Neither did his children. In fact, there's not been a king since. Jehoiakim. But here through Zerubbabel, because he's saying, I'm going to do what the Lord would have me do. I'm going to rebuild the temple. The foundation. And it's on this day as a foundation, they're, they're choosing now to say, we're going to build. That's where it talks about in Zechariah chapter 4. It says, don't despise the small beginnings. The plumb line is in Zerubbabel's hand. The, they're starting to build the walls of the temple. Don't despise these, this small, these small things that are happening, or it seems like they're just small things. God is saying, Zerubbabel is a signet ring. I've given him authority. Things are happening through him. But here we recognize it is also a type of, of, of Jesus, recognizing that it's Jesus Christ, that he will be ruling over. It says his kingdom will last forever. In Luke 1, verse 30, it says, here's the angel talking to Mary. 2,000 years ago, this is what she, he's saying. Do not be afraid, Mary, <coughs> for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your room and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Jehovah is, sal is salvation. 
He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. Even though Jesus existed before David even be, it was even before all time, Jesus always existed, the Son of God. But it's interesting. It's talking about the throne of his father, David. If you follow through the genealogy, it goes right through Matthew chapter, chapter 1. You can read it. Look for Zerubbabel in there. And it says, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. When Jesus comes back, let me just give you a bit of a timeline here. Haggai 2 verse 22 says, I will overthrow the throne of kingdoms. It hasn't happened yet, but it's coming. I will destroy the strength of the Gentile kingdoms, those that are not Jewish, all the, all the kingdoms on this earth. The Lord is saying, I'm going to destroy their strength, the strength of their, their kingdom. I will overthrow the chariots and those who ride in them, their military might. I'm going to overcome them. Their horse, the horses and their riders shall come down. They will be defeated, everyone, by the sword of his brother. In fact, as we look at Revelation chapter 19, this hasn't happened yet. If the Lord came back today, we will be a part of this in seven years. If the Lord came back today. Revelation 19.11 says, now I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies in the heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses." You know who that is? It's us. If you've never ridden a horse, don't worry about it. You'll, they won't be bucking you off. I don't know if we're going to be having some kind of uh, opportunities before this actual scene. Probably. Before this actually takes place. So anybody that's afraid or you just can't wait, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. I remember... Um, riding a horse. Usually when you go horseback riding, you ever go and you have to follow the lead horse? And it's just like, like you don't have to do anything. You could sit backwards and you're fine because it's just following the horse in front. Rochelle, remember a few years back we went and it was like, let me, let me break loose from, from the lead horse here. Well, I had opportunity to, to do that. And uh, Donna, your, your uh, sister-in-law, so I rode on LT. So, so I'm on this horse. There's no other, there's no lead horse, nothing. And I'm, I am running, riding this horse around the, the pond, the, the pond at the back at the Palmer residence. And it's like, you know, just that, or whatever, that little thing with the legs. And it's, it's like that horse took off. And here I am, I'm going just letting it run as full out. It's like, yeah, and just tearing around the, 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 uh, the pond and, and, and so went around back and forth. And it was like, man, I can't wait. These horses 
will also be able to fly. They're going to be coming from heaven, and we're going to be on, this on these horses. The armies in the heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. What a scene. We're going to be there as our trust is in Jesus Christ. Our faith remains in him. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that it, with it he should strike the nations, and he himself shall rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God, and he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Like talk, talk about the God, Jesus Christ, our King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And we're going to be following him. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the birds that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather together for the supper of the great God, that you may eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of captains, the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses and those who sit on them, and the flesh of all people, free and slave, both small and great. And I saw the beast, the Antichrist, the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him who sat on the horse and against his army. Then the beast was captured. <laughs> it goes from 19 to 20. It says, then the beast was captured and with him the false prophet who worked signs in his presence by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. These two were cast alive into the lake of fire burning with brimstone. They didn't, even, they didn't even go to hell. They were cast alive into the lake of fire. They will be there for a thousand years before anybody else goes into the lake of fire. They will be there for a thousand years alone. And the rest were killed with the sword which proceeded from the mouth of him who sat on the horse and all the birds were filled with their flesh. He was destroying them with just his word. With just a word. That proceeded from the mouth of him. There is a time coming. The wickedness. Of this world. There is still a chance for people to come to the Lord. And, and maybe we might look at ourselves and say. Yeah you know what I was a wicked person. I was an evil person. But God is saying. There is a time of grace coming. Or is here. And there's an a hand extended out to those that would receive the Lord Jesus Christ. He loves you. God the Father loves you. God's heart is not. You know what? He, the Father will delay his coming. I, I'm trying to think of at what point he'll come. When the very last, when there's probably possibly a tipping of the scales, I don't know, where the last person that could get saved is saved, and then he's going to come. His heart is definitely that none should perish, that all should come to repentance. So he is patient. He's been patient. Some, we say, God, you've got to come soon. You've got to come soon. Like things are getting pretty dark out there. In fact, when it comes to the timeline, we recognize in Matthew 24, and you can read in Mark 13 and Luke 21 gives other things as well, but regarding the last days, 
And what will be the sign of your coming in the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, Matthew 24, verse 4, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And, and not just saying, I'm, hey, I'm the Christ, but will say, I am of Christ, deceiving many. And it's happening now. There's a, a pulling away. Listen, the message of the cross is in many churches is not even preached. There is no preaching of sin that separates us from God. And there's no pre preaching of the solution that brings us to God. Take heed that no one deceives you. Many, many will be deceived. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet before his return. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. So these things will be happening even before the, the tribulation. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. This is still not the great tribulation. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. I just got a, uh, uh, an email. And uh, when the Americans went out of Afghanistan, they left people behind. They left, they left people that were assisting the Americans to, to rid of the wickedness and evil of ISIS. And, and, uh, and so these people were left behind and they're, they're hiding. They're still, they're, many are still in hiding. There's still a work being done even though they were left behind, but they're being hunted. Tribulation, if they're caught, they're killed. It says, then many will be offended and betray one another and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. Listen, who do you listen to when it comes to godly, the godly or, or those that are saying we're, we're teachers, we're prophets, we're pastors? Are they preaching? Do they preach sin? Do they preach the solution in Jesus Christ? And because lawlessness will abound, it's abounding lawlessness. It's like, oh my goodness, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. It's like, I'm going to stay, I'm going to hang on to Jesus Christ. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. So there's a preaching of the gospel that's taking place at this time. And I, this is what I want to, to I want to sort of end off on this note. The signet ring is about power and authority. For Zerubbabel, the one thing that came with that power and authority was the Holy Spirit. And so he was saying, the Lord was saying to Zerubbabel, he's saying, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says, say, saith the Lord. It's not by might. It's not by what we can do or conjure up. But it's by my spirit, says the Lord. There are things happening right now in our area about revive, come to life. 
Yesterday, I spent about six hours. I was with basically three different groups. Or, and uh, there was a work that was being done, one of them being the chairs of this, this peninsula that we're in, the chairs of the different ministerials, the chairman. And there was, so there was one from uh, Port Colborne. There was one from... Uh, or sorry, Port Colborne and uh, Wayne Fleet, and another one from Fort Erie. There was one. There was two actually. A former chair, and the, a chair now that's there now from Welland. The guy from St. Catharines couldn't be there. He's on a missions trip, and there was myself. And so there was four out of the five that cover pretty well most the most of the Niagara Peninsula were together, and there's they're basically saying. We are in agreement. We are in agreement. In fact, the one that was sort of organizing us and bringing us together, the Lord put into place four or five years, put it on his heart. He needs to go, and he needs to meet up with all the different chairs of the peninsula. And so God is, is moving sovereignly. And the, the amazing thing was when he when he was just summarizing things, on the top it said, revive Niagara. There needs to be a reviving of Niagara, and the word has gone out by the Lord. He has decreed it, and he is giving us authority to do what we need to do at this time. The enemy doesn't like it, but there is a work that's being accomplished. And I say, thank you, Lord. I see it, and I, 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 I wish I could say, say more. But the Lord is putting things together that are beyond us. It's not by our might. It's not by our wisdom. It's not by our strength. It is by the Holy Spirit because the Lord is decreeing it that it is now. And he has heard our cries. He has heard our prayers over the decades and from one generation to the next. And I say, thank you, Lord. You have heard the cry to say, God, do a work. Let there be a revival that takes place. Revival has begun. I mentioned just with man up. A year and a half ago, 30 men were out. A year and a half later, there was 300 men out. And I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, Clarence, where are these guys coming from? How did they get here? Who's bringing them in? And I just say, thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. There's a stirring on hearts that, God, we want to do what you've called us to do. We are, there's, a, there's perhaps a recognizing of this signet ring. I'm giving you authority. Yes, you're my, you are servants. You are my servants, but you are more than just servants. You are my children. The Father is saying, you are my children. Do the things that you would have that I've given for you to do, do them. And so we go out in the power of God Almighty, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. The obstacles, regardless of what Satan would want to do, it is nothing. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain, and he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace, to it, the final stone being laid, the capstone, grace, grace to it. 
Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. His hands shall also finish it. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts sent me to you. For who has despised the day of small things? For these seven rejoice to see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. They are the eyes of the Lord, which scan to and fro throughout the, the whole earth. They know. God knows everything. He sees all things, and he's saying, This is the time. Now is the time. Lord, work through us. Let there be a work done through us, hallelujah, that we would operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't you know that you are the temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells in you? We are the temple of the Holy Spirit and the, the temple is to be filled. That we would allow for the Spirit of God to fill us and that there would be an overflow of the Holy Spirit coming from us, rivers of living water. We are God's fellow workers, co-laborers. You are God's field. You are God's building. According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. No other foundation. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and straw, each one's work will become clear for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. Gold doesn't burn up in the, in the flame. It has to be pretty hot. Silver doesn't leave or, or get burnt up. It becomes just more pure in the flame. Precious stones can handle the, the, the fire. But wood, hay, and straw... There is a, a burning up that we, the works that we do, that they would be of the Lord and they would be of the Holy Spirit. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a ward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him, for the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. We are holy by the blood of Jesus Christ. Don't ever put your faith in yourself. Don't ever put your faith in, in what you do, but your faith in Jesus Christ, his broken body and shed blood for us. That temple will remain holy. Can we stand together? Actually, can I have, can, can we come to the front? And, and the, the prayer that we would pray is, Lord God, fill this temple. Let the temple, we've, we've got a foundation. Let my temple, the temple be built. The things that I would do yet, let the temple be built. And let's, Lord, fill the temple with your presence, with your spirit. We would come just, can we, can we begin to just uh, pray out? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you that we are your children. We are sons, your sons and daughters. I thank you that we are, that we would do the work that you would have us do, your servants, Lord. Lord, that we would do so with the authority that you've given us to do the work. Lord, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and I pray, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, be a part of our lives in Jesus' name.
be a part of our lives. Lord, I pray rivers of living water to flow through us. Lord, bringing life wherever it goes. Lord, even as your word goes out, as the gospel goes out, Lord, that seed is planted into hearts. And Lord, as the river of goes out, the water goes and it germinates that seed and there's life that comes. And so, Lord, we pray, let this, this, the, the rivers go ahead of us even. Lord, that the hard ground would be softened. Lord, it would be made ready for the seed to come, Lord, that there would be good ground to receive the, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Lord, that wherever the river goes, Lord, that there will be life. Lord, we would be those that would, would allow for the, there to be a flow through us. And Lord, to minister, Lord, that we would minister, Lord, those that need to be, things that need to be bound, that they would be bound in Jesus' name. Those things that need to be loosed would be loosed in Jesus' name. Lord, for your glory. Lord, there would be a confirming of your word with signs, Lord. The gospel would be confer confirmed and affirmed with signs following. Lord, those that believe in Jesus' name, and we believe in the gospel, we believe in your finished work on the cross, your body broken, your blood shed for us, and we believe that, Lord, and in your name that we will cast out demons. Lord, that there would be a casting out of the influences on, on the believer. Lord, those things, that, that wisdom that does not come from above, but Lord, is of this earth. Lord, is sensual. Lord, is all about the flesh and of self. And Lord, even that which is demonic, Lord, that, those, that, that wisdom that is not from above, Lord, it would be cast out in Jesus' name. Lord, that there would be a, every one, Lord, set free to do what you would have us do in Jesus' name. And the power of your Holy Spirit says they will speak with new tongues. Lord, you have given us authority to cast out demons, Lord, and you desire. Lord, the moment we're saved, we have the authority to cast out demons. We have authority over the enemy. And Lord, I pray that, but, but that we would be filled with the Holy Spirit. And Lord, that we would not fear anything, Lord, because we are operating in the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. And so, Lord, I pray we will move and operate in this, in your spirit, in your Holy Spirit. And, Lord, that there will be a work done. Lord, we would not be afraid. And even if we take anything deadly, it would not harm us. Lord, I pray that we will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Lord, we pray that there will be a confirming of these things, of, of the, the gospel with these signs. Lord, as we go out. Lord, you are, you are on the right hand of the Father. You are in the position of authority. All power and authority has been given to you on, in heaven and on earth. And Lord, that we will move in that power in the coming days and weeks. Lord, that there will be a heart and a desire. Lord, fill me with your spirit. Lord, pour out your spirit on us. Lord, that there would be, Lord, that maybe which was empty. Lord, we, we've been maybe stifling, we've been resisting, we've been quenching the spirit. Lord, we've been saying, no, 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 I don't need this right now. Lord, I pray, fill us to overflow and let there be a flow of your spirit from us. Lord, baptize us in your spirit and your power that we would be witnesses unto you in these last days. 
Lord, I, I received a text today and last yesterday. Lord, just saying, I am doing whatever I can to bring people to the house of the Lord. That they would hear the gospel. Lord, what a beautiful thing. I want people to hear about Jesus. I want, I want them to hear. I want them to be right with you. Lord, I just thank you for this. Lord, that we would bring people, that Jesus, we would bring them Jesus. Lord, we would bring them a, a salvation and deliverance. Lord, that we would bring them new life in and through you in the boldness and the power of your spirit. Lord, that we would not operate in zeal and enthusiasm as good as that may be. But Lord, we will operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, that a person's faith would not be in the wisdom of man, but it would be in the power of your spirit. That they would have faith in your finished work on the cross, Lord, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's just, let's just begin to thank him in advance. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for your spirit. We thank you that we are not alone. We thank you. We thank you and we praise you, Lord. 
Hallelujah. You are worthy of all glory and honor. And Lord Jesus, we need wisdom. Lord, not only do we need your spirit, but we definitely are asking for wisdom. Because Lord, I don't know how we're going to do, do such a simple thing as, as parking, Lord. Our parking lot is full on Sunday mornings. Lord, I just pray, Lord, that you will give us what, what is necessary. Lord, perhaps it's the property across the street. Lord, I pray, Lord, that we will have the parking that we need. Lord, for, for there to be just a simple thing of coming into this place. Lord, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Lord, for, for souls that will be saved and added to your kingdom, I thank you in advance, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for the, the people that we've been praying for will come to know you. Lord, they will, they will operate in the power of your spirit. And I thank you in advance for that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Thanks for joining us for the sermon. We really hope that God spoke to your life. You can find more of the word of God by watching our service live stream and listening to our podcast on our website, lighthouseniagara.com.